1: favorite celebrity personalities on one-on-one with poppy chulo created by poppy chulo one-on-one showcases exclusive interviews with the most fascinating personalities you will come closer than ever before to your favorite stars on one-on-one with poppy chulo
2: Welcome to One on One with Poppy Chulo. Today is Sunday, September 7th, 2014, and I'm your host, Poppy Chulo. Listeners, please welcome to One on One with Poppy Chulo, fan favorite gay porn entertainer Marcus Rule. Welcome to the show, Marcus.
1: Thanks. Welcome to be here.
2: You're welcome. I'm really excited to have you on. We've been chatting about doing an interview for a little while now, so I'm glad that uh, we're finally getting the chance to to do this, and to allow me to pick your brain, and uh, maybe to uh, let some of your hardcore fans know a little bit more about you, some things maybe that they didn't know. Sounds good. Fantastic. So we're going to jump into the interview and I want to start off by getting some of your stats out of the way because I'm sure the majority of our listeners and your fans haven't had the chance to see you in person. So the only representation that they've seen of you basically is in pictures, in the scenes that they view on their TV, computer, mobile devices. So I want to get some of your physical stats. We're going to start off with uh, your height and weight.
1: I'm 5'11", and I'm currently weighing in at about 2'10". Okay, <clears throat> cool. Yeah. What's your ethnicity? I'm Puerto Rican and Cuban, Latin.
2: Awesome. And what's your zodiac sign? Leo. Cool. And uh, how old are you?
1: I, I just turned 29 recently. That's what's up. That? Happy belated birthday. Thank you.
2: You're welcome. So I want to start off by getting to know the man behind the performer. Where are you originally from?
1: I was born in Manhattan, raised in upstate New York and uh, ever since then I've just been moving up up and down um, you know from the city to upstate and mm-hmm. pretty much uh, you know East Coast boy. Okay,
2: awesome. What was life like growing up for you? What was Marcus rule like as a child, as a teenager?
1: Growing up, I mean, I pretty much had things going on, pretty much uh, doing things on my own from the beginning. So I was always, you know, ahead of everyone and mm-hmm. I was renting my own place before people were even way, not even out of high school, basically, sort of like that. And um, upbringing-wise, I mean, like, as much as it may have seemed hard for some other people, I mean, I always had fun and I was always, you know, considered like you know, one of the cool kids in, in high school and... and uh, You know, everyone always loved me. I was always a person to that people could relate to, always come to talk to, and I always end up being a favorite amongst all my friends because of the fact that I always kept things, you know, real and honest, and and always been, you know, a good person.
2: Very cool. So I'm sitting at the Cool Kids table tonight uh, as I'm interviewing Marcus Rule. Yep, that's what's up, man. Very cool. When did you first realize your attraction to men?
1: that happened in a very early age and early meaning very early and i you know it's i always tell people you know if you you know if you pay if you you can't kind of you can't basically hide away from your, you know hide from you you know your true nature one way or la- one way or another later on in life you're gonna end up finding yourself being confronted by you know your own personal demons of who you are and i i was you know i was able to confront you know, the, the person who I am today, long ago, and, and I'm comfortable with myself, and ever since then, it's always just been, you know, living life, just you know, the best that I can possibly do, you know, being the person that I am, and that's all going along this life that I've been going to, I've always had good people behind me, mm-hmm. great support, a system that, you know, is very, very functioning, very, very loving, very, very caring, and I can't complain, you know.
2: That's what's up, man. That's awesome. It's, it's really great to have a, a good support system around uh, mm-hmm. yourself, especially when you're growing up and you're starting to realize, you know, I'm I'm liking things that, uh, you know, other people like me don't necessarily like. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. So would you say that you were always out? Were you in the closet? Did you have, I guess, the, the stereotypical official, quote-unquote, coming-out moment?
1: I mean, I didn't... I never really just, like came out I just kind of just moved into into living you know you know gay and happy one way or another you know from yeah. going out to the clubs and and hanging out with friends who are obviously gay you know because you have some that happily have more um you know their the mannerisms are more you know either they're more dainty or more twinky or whatever the case may be but I've had a voice a wide variety of friends that you could never even tell whether or not they were gay or not and And, um, I think later on in life, my, you know, certain family members may have noticed or certain friends of mine may have noticed and, um, um, you know, no one's ever asked. I know, like, I know, like, some cousins that know of what I, you know, my adult work and everything and they just know of it and they just keep it as is. My, my parents do know of, um situation that happened when i say when i mean younger um when i you know when i was in when i was in camp there was a situation where it should have not have happened at the age that it happened but it was amongst me and kids of my age and they found out about it but they've kind of kept it hush and never spoke about it ever since but they know you know there's nothing they could do about it Just, you know as long as i'm happy you know and they love you that's all that matters
2: definitely man that's cool. That that's good to hear. It's nice to hear that uh, that, I guess it it wasn't a negative experience because you usually mm-hmm. hear of a lot of people going through a bit of a negative experience before they you know at the end uh, things sort of get all right. So it's nice to know that you had it a little bit better than uh, than most. You had sort of a much more ideal experience.
0: Mm-hmm. Correct.
2: Yeah, man. So. Yeah. I've got to ask because I mean, one of the things that's very evident when people see you is obviously your physique. So, was fitness always a part of your life?
1: No, that is something that actually occurred fairly recently. Um, I didn't do it in high school. I didn't do it, you know, when I was in college. I didn't. I just like I was. I was twenty, about twenty-three when I, twenty-four when I started like messing around, and then I didn't really take it seriously until I was about twenty. 25 or 26 so it's basically recently um and i i must say before i was at a better state as far as physical wise but um because i had an injury where i had broke my arm so that kind of like set me back like a long haul like people who knew me before i broke my arm would say what happened and then even now some people still equate that you know whether the strength i have in the gym or my physique wise that it's attributed to you know illegal substances as far as steroids are concerned and blah, blah, blah. And I always said, for me, it's always been genetics. You know, the moment I can lift something up and uh, go up in weight, it was always easier to do it. And it was much easier than other people. Mm-hmm. Fitness for me is a passion. You know, I I, I love it. You know, I, do, I do yo-yo every once in a while, but depending on what's really going on in my life, but I always tend to stay well-grounded when it comes to fitness and, and bodybuilding <clears throat> That's who I am
2: okay cool what were you doing with your life just before you entered the gay adult industry
1: before I did I was working for a pharmaceutical company and then on the side I was basically uh, approached that in my gym so say, "Oh, you should like do you know dancing and you know this club you might make all this amount of money on the weekends and that led into me being approached by someone saying, "Here's my card. Um, I'm, I work for an agency that could possibly hire you and put you in uh, in, a direction, in the direction into entertainment field." And it kind of just boomed and went on from there.
2: Okay, so Marcus, Marcus Rule knows how to shake it, is what you're saying.
1: Yeah, that's how I actually started. Yeah, I started. I started in um, yep dancing, and then and then from there it just kinda I just left it alone and just stuck with that.
2: Okay.
1: So was it like go go um, stuff
2: or was it like exotic yeah.
1: dancing? Uh no, just regular go go stuff. Okay. You know, I, w- I was doing like me some um little parties for prior parties for like you know people who were about to get married, but I was mad. It was a very short stint and that very <laughs> short stint it kinda went from one thing to the other very quickly.
0: Mhm.
2: Okay, yeah. so you were approached and uh, to be in the industry. Is did you instantly bite or did you have a period where you were considering entering the business? Like can you tell us what happened after that night where you were approached and you know you were, the person was like, you know, you should do this, blah blah blah.
1: Yeah, it was a Saturday night and I got the card, you know, I, I, I was thinking about it the whole time while I was there. And then even when I was done I like, got home, I was still thinking about it. I, it, I didn't really like, it wasn't whether or not I wanted to do it. I kind of, kind of felt like I could do it. It wasn't really like, you know, I, I wasn't thinking about what anybody else would be thinking about. I was only thinking about how, what I would be thinking about. And, you know, like the next Thursday I was like, you know what, I'm just going to shoot this guy an email and. And before you know it, I was, I was on an airplane. Literally, like in a week later. Oh wow! Yeah, that
2: was fast. That's interesting. So, porn was that something that had crossed your mind before, or something that you wanted to experience, or really, you know, the yeah. idea didn't pop into your head until the card was given to yeah, you. Yeah,
1: actually, yeah, it actually did long before I. I mean, I because you know when you look at porn in general, growing up, you, you know, you you kind of like kind of fantasize that at some point you maybe wish you could be like a if anything a Jiglow or a porn star or something like that so I, I kind of maybe you know questioned it upon myself whether or not i would be able to do it and whether or not w- would i do it but i never actually end up thinking that i would have been actually doing it
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah okay and then so, yeah.
2: you know you actually what? ended up doing it yeah how yeah. how long have you been in the adult industry in total?
1: It's been maybe almost two years, okay. but um, I haven't really clock clock time specifically, but it's in that time frame. Um, but I've been shooting, you know, a lot, a lot, and I've be- even now that I haven't been shooting in about like four months, I still have like about. Forty something different scenes who are gonna that are gonna come out wow. from certain websites all on their own and I don't even know you know what day it could be this year it could be next year because there's, I've actually seen some stuff that I did a year prior being released a year later so it's kind of funny how the studios tend to work in releasing content yeah
2: it's interesting some studios like to hold on to stuff some studios like to just pump out all the content as fast as they can
1: yep. yeah yeah yeah
2: okay so. A name in the adult industry is very important. You got to pick the right name. You got to pick a name that the fans associate with you. That's catchy. That's easy to remember. So my question for you is: How did you come up with your poor name?
1: Yes, I, I when I went to Los Angeles, I went there with no idea what I was going to be naming myself actually, uh, and I I didn't. I thought I was going to go with you know my name, my you know my name, but. A real name, but it, that just didn't, you know, i rather just use a name, use a name that's, you know, that everybody else is doing. Some people do use their own names, but for me, I didn't, I didn't want to go, you know, in that route. So I, I was sitting at the desk and I remember it was at the point where I was like signing off on a check right after filming and shooting. Like, well, did you come up with a name? Did you come up with a name? And I'm like, Sigh. I'm thinking about it, I'm thinking about it, I'm thinking about it. And then it just, it popped in my head not because the name does go with someone else's name but it had believe it or not it had nothing to do with this particular person and it just popped in my head and I said you know Marcus and it's just been there ever since Okay, so let's yeah. go back to that day
2: where, where you know you, you were asked uh, what your name was going to be. Let's talk about your first day on an official porn set. What was that like for you? Were you nervous, excited, scared? What was going on in your mind?
1: I was a little nervous. Um, I didn't know what to expect as far as the, you know, the people, the personalities of the people, uh, the level of professionalism, how that was going to be. I find out later on, Working in the porn industry, that pretty much everyone on set are the most coolest people in the world. I mean, it's the only job where you know you're having fun doing what you're doing, and you can party afterwards all together. And and on set, there's there's I've never had a problem with anybody on set. I've never had to argue with anybody on set. Um, you know, the producers and the directors are very very professional. Very very professional. They. They know what you know, they know what they're doing and they also kinda know they also kinda know how to deal with people in general, mm-hmm. you know, I guess. They have to be like a little you know, you know, a little <clears throat> psyche in a way as far as like, okay, this guy may be a little shaky, he might be debating, he might pull out or not and not wanna film. But I always said I if I'm gonna come into the scene myself, I don't wanna give any you know, any any presence of discomfort because I wasn't uncomfortable. Um, a lot of the producers and the directors that I've worked with, they all say the same thing. I never complained. I don't, you know, I don't debate. I don't... There are some performers that kind of go above and beyond to be a bit, you know, quote-unquote queenie and pushy for apparently no reason. But I'm like, we're all here to have a good time. And if we're all here having a good time together and the balance is equal, then... It'll, it'll, it'll work, you know, to me, that works better.
2: I like that. Yeah, that's a good way of thinking about things. Yeah. Cool. What do you enjoy most about starring in porn scenes?
0: <clears throat>
2: For me,
1: mm-hmm. uh, it was, I like that, you know, you, you didn't know exactly what you were going to be stepping into. You know, you weren't going to be stepping in into anything, at least, you know, you regret, but you you, you kind of just go in with the, with the, with a the, the feeling or notion that this is going to be a good scene, and it's going to be um, you know can't say it's going to be the best one, but you can at least say it's going to be a good one. And uh, I just find my way working with the people around me with trying to basically like you know I've been, I've had. I've had to, I've had to, I've had to at times soothe and you know calm some people down because emotionally they come a little emotional and you kind of can't come to a set emotional. You can't come to you know a production that in that state of mind. So <clears throat> for me, uh, I just kind of like you know I, I go in kind of like at some times just being vigilant of people that are around me and how they feel. And and I, I've i always had a good time, you know? Okay. Let's yeah. talk about
2: the good and the bad on set. What turns you on the most when you're on set and what turns you off the most?
1: The one thing that most definitely turns me off on set is when you have a specific performer who who just comes right at the gate, edgy, uh, doesn't want to comply, doesn't want to, you know, He the, that individual thinks that they're, you know, the the, 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 the shining star and that, that kind of edginess rubs off on people, that that uncomfortable, you know, behavior rubs off on people. And, and I, I, I can't, I won't say that I felt uncomfortable. I just kind of look back and say, like, really, dude, like, you know, we're all here to have a good time. Like I said, if we're all here to have a good time, let's make it a good time. It's, for me, it's always just that. It's always whether or not the other person is not on key with what they're supposed to be doing as far as professionalism is concerned. You know, uh, there's always been plenty of good, um, you know, working in the industry, and I can't say I've had a lot of bad situations as far as like certain people that I've worked with, but the good stuff, um the good stuff is has always been coming from the people that i work with you know like there's a lot of i mean i I can i can say that there's been a lot of people who probably come prior to a set with the assumption like oh my god this is gonna be so scary you know and then when they start meeting the actual people they're part of the production the team and everyone and it's like the most cool it's, it's almost like you're hanging out with buddies and friends and and everyone is like, hey, "Are you okay? Are you right? If this is uncomfortable, you know, you don't have to do this." Um, you know, there, there, they're, there's been a lot, a lot of good than bad. And when I mean a lot of good than bad, maybe mm-hmm. less than a handful of bad situations. But that, like I said, that only comes from um, the other performer. Absolutely. You know? mm-hmm. Some per- yeah. Mm-hmm. Some performers have come to set with baggage, you know, and. What, what, the only baggage you need to come to on set with is what you come prepared to work with, whether it's your, your Christian, you know, Andrew Christian underwear, or the, 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 the specific shoe you feel comfortable wearing, you know, and you pre- preference of lube, a condom. Other than that, don't bring anything else to the table. Don't make anything, you know, uncomfortable and disturbing and blunt for no, no apparent reason. Mm-hmm. I like that answer yeah
2: okay so let's break a porn scene down in a scene which do you enjoy the most giving or receiving
1: oral for for me uh, it's, I, it's kind of equal okay it's kind of for me it's kind of equal because not that it makes for a good scene uh i don't and i don't look at it from like the viewer's perspective i look at it from whereas you know a lot of people equate porn sex to fake, you know, that it's not necessarily real. And there's a lot of, you know, kind of robotics going on behind the camera, like, you know, moving and positioning. So if you can try, like, to, to, like the, like your my scene partner, whoever I'm with, you try to, yeah, you, you're going to have to listen to the fact that they're talking and directing us. But let's just try to make it work in general for the both of us. And Things that start off, with, you know, sport play in general, end up leading to a better ending. As far as I'm concerned, the build-up. So,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I think it's fifty. For me, it's 50 i I've never, I've never been, I guess, that much, uh, like you know, let me do it, let me do it, let me do it. I'd be like, you know, just give and receive, you know, for the, or for a good scene.
2: Cool. In a scene. Is rimming a must? And uh, if you know, if you do enjoy it, and if you feel it is a must, which do you enjoy the most,
1: giving or receiving? I would rather re- rather receive than give. Mm-hmm. That's just something, yeah. That's just like a personal preference. It's not always been a you know forte of mine, but uh, I, you know, if it's got to be done one way or another, I was like, you know what? I'll just take it take it to the team, and I'll and I'll receive it but there's always someone willing to receive it. And there's always someone that's not willing to give it. And I've always been involved with scene partners where they've all been game for it. So it's like, okay, fine. then. then I'll just, I'll receive rather than, you know, debate it any, anymore.
2: In a scene, which do you enjoy the most topping,
1: bottoming or flip-flopping? I think flip-flopping for me, um, because it just gives a lot of room for play, you know, for play. If you're just topping and, and some people, some I, I mean, I'm sure even the most top of, top of all men may find it like at some point, oh, I mean, like you feel like you want to do something else. Yeah, you might be doing all these positions and everything. But if you like, if you find yourself liking the person, then you want to explore the other person in other ways as, as, as well. And I think flipping gives you the option to to get involved in a more, you know, give-and-take type of situation.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: And, of course, how every scene ends. In a scene, where is your favorite place to shoot
1: your load? For me, um, I think, for me, I just I think about the the, other performers. A lot of performers have preference. You know, a a lot of them are not for facial. They're more for, you know... Next down contact, I always say that um, it all goes based on the preference of the person for me. Um, for me, it doesn't bother me either way. It doesn't bother me either way, but for the other person, there's always going to be someone that's a little bit more like, hey, you know, I'm not for the face thing and just like get me on my elbow type thing, you know, or whatever the, the comfort level for the other person is.
2: Okay, and that was actually well. My, the flip side of that was, where is your favorite place to take the load? So for you, you don't have a preference, as far as where no, the cum lands on you.
1: No, no, doesn't. I mean, I've been on scenes where it's been kind of anywhere. The, the um, the directors even got it on him, and it's that was completely by mistake. So I'm sad it can go anywhere at some point, you know.
2: Absolutely, yeah. You gotta watch yeah. out for friendly fire. Yep. That is very true. In your opinion, which type of scene is easier and which type of scene is more difficult to perform in? Because you've done all types of scenes, so out of these three categories, one-on-ones, threesomes, or group-style sex, which is the most easiest to perform in and which is
1: the most difficult? I think one-on-ones tend to be For me, I mean, not that I don't have a problem with one-on-one, but as far as, like, if you look at the time frame is concerned, I've always been, when I've been in scenes where it's been more than two, more than three, more than four, those tend to be done quicker. you think that it would take longer, but what they do is they just take, you know, instead of setting up between between one and one, you have to do, like, four positions, uh, and if you're flipping four and four, or three and three, um, when you involve more than two people, that all gets chopped down it gets chopped down and me, it's always ended up quicker ending quicker and I mean of course you'll want to get done one way or another so you can enjoy the rest of your evening or the rest of your night and get home early just to enjoy but um, and then some people will say the fact that you know the orgies involved that there's just a lot of twisting and turning and maneuvering around people and a lot of people getting kind of edgy so I, re- I think it just really depends on just preference and how you feel about that day, shoots that are going to be done early, uh, one-on-ones are fine. Sometimes when they're in the evening, it's uh, it can be an all-night affair. I've been on scenes where it's 10 in the morning till 2 or 3 in the morning. Good grief. And that's only just one-on-one. And some mm-hmm. studios have a tendency to work in a way that I personally think needs to be, needs to be looked at differently and... and because I've been in studios where it's done in like an, an, an hour and a half. And some in six, some in eight, some in four. But there's some that take even two days. They split it up. and uh, But even though I never, you know, I don't really complain. Like I said, I'm the one on set that, honestly, I don't complain. And I, 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 I kind of tell, tell myself sometimes, I wish I did. But I can't be bitchy. I'm not bitchy. Yeah. You know? I, but there are a lot of people... I have worked with and just, you kind of like say, oh, here we go. There's always a, there's every, like I would say every three or four scenes, there's always a, a, a situation where you're not sure if you're, you're dealing with someone who just woke up on the wrong side of the bed or, or if you're dealing with a basket case. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Tread with caution.
2: Absolutely. Okay. You may have answered my next question, but I kind of want to ask it because uh, it, it certainly heaps a lot of praise on you because you've been in the industry not too long. I mean, two years is not a long time and you've done yep. so much work in those two years. Like you've done an yep. incredible amount of work. And uh, besides just doing all of this great work, you've really connected with the fans and you've developed a nice support system with your fans. So my question for you is, what has attributed to not only this popularity with the fans, the porn watchers, but also you have to have some sort of popularity with the production companies because they they keep on hiring you and they've they've basically given you so much work that uh, as you said yeah. I mean you haven't worked in a couple months and you've technically you qu- sort of quote unquote retired in a sense and yeah. we'll be talking about that in a little bit and and you still have like 40 some odd scenes that haven't been released yet yep so what do you think all of that attributes to
1: the, the, the reoccurrence of shooting and filming and, and you know flying a lot you mean Basically, yeah, like what, like yeah.
2: you know, not I think, I the think, average performer doesn't work as much. Like the average performer that's been in the industry for two years has not worked as much as you have. So, yeah. why do you think that has happened to you as opposed to like Joe Schmo over there?
1: Yeah, I, I, I think it, it's attributed to my my general behavior, my level of maturity, the fact that I, I do come to the to the airport, and a lot of performers don't even board a flight. You know. Um, there's even a lot of performers who to this day still have to pay for their ticket, but they get reimbursed, but they have to pay for it. But unfortunately, i I, I have gained trust in the companies that I have worked with, and um they can always rely on me when it comes to like the testing goes, you know i will I will always you know be, you know be with the with the check that says I'm good to go. and i i'm I'm not a person that has a history of coming on set, you know, with uh, with like I said, baggage is concerned, and um, I, I just became I became a, a sure reliable source for for being there and and doing it and getting it done and no fuss about anything, um, and I just you know doing what ha- doing what doing what has to be done. I've I've, I've, I've I remember being picked up so many times to the airport. And I was like, thank goodness you're here. And I'm like, for what? We got, we're going to give you another scene because the other one is just, you know, this and that and blah, blah, blah. And um, I've, beca- I've been told only once, but I feel in general it's like all around that I've become a relief for some of the um, people who are involved in, in casting. Because um, the fact that, you know, who, when they, when they, when they, when, they, when they, it all boils down to at that point where they think, well, who's reliable? Who can we, who can you know who can come in on 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 a short notice and, and be here and not BS and <clears throat> and um you know honor 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 your work and honor honor the, the task at hand and get it done and I mean I'm not saying I'm a good too strange, you know like that, but I generally, you know, always came on set and, and been like kinda like so mature where I kinda became off putting to certain people. I do have a good time, but, and I do talk and I joke and everything, but, um, I'm just very, I'm, I'm always vigilant about everything going on around me. I still speak to people. I'm not antisocial. I just believe I, I became, um, uh, reliable for a lot of people and they did not have to question whether or not, um, uh, I would be a, uh, how do you say, um, a liability.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Good answer. I like that That's, answer. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, because you know. Mm-hmm. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, because like, like I said, being in the in- industry, and and knowing exactly what goes on behind the scenes, and the like, it's almost that sometimes you feel like you're on like a Jerry Springer show. Mm-hmm. Jerry Springer show. Like, right? there's a, there's a couple of, other, there's there's been some instances where spontaneous things happen that could have been avoided. And you're like, you know, I'm chuckling on the side, but in all drive it's like, you know, this is not what we're hired for. We're hired, you know, to be professional and do what, what we're We do what we're paid to do, and uh, come through because who who wants to do a job and not be considered for you know any kind of type of rehire in the long run? You want to be uh, you want to be an asset. Anything other would be pointless.
2: That's true. Yeah. Very true. Okay, I'm going to fill the listeners in on some behind-the-scenes stuff, because we have been talking about doing an interview for about a year now. Uh, You were initially approached last summer, and when you were approached, you know, as I was doing my research and whatnot, I had uh, gone on your Twitter timeline, and you tweeted something to the gist of, and I'm completely paraphrasing because I don't have the tweet in front of me, but it was basically talking about how you were feeling that you know maybe you were overexposed in the industry. Do you remember tweeting something like that?
1: Yeah, yeah, Yes, okay. I do. So yeah.
2: my question is uh, why did you post that tweet? Is that still something you feel? Uh, I just sort of want to get a little bit of an explanation as to why you tweeted that you felt that you were overexposed.
1: I I that tweet that tweet was actually sent out there to to a certain group of individuals in the industry that I worked beside with, because um, it came back to me that, well, you're always shooting him, you know, like, I guess at times where some people have been in the industry for so long and they have like their set name, but then they hear who, who did, who did they choose beside, and it was being me choose and that I was being chosen rather than that, you know, particular person. And I was getting random Twitter messages, DMs saying, Hey FWR, are you going to work with the studio like next month or something? Like that? I'm like, yeah. I was like, wow, because they, you know, they totally blew me off and promised that it was going to be me, and then, and then some. Then they were like saying that I'm. It was that the fact that it was being said about me that well, he's he shouldn't be used so much because he's overexposed. If that's the case, don't you think that's the case? And it was like a attack against me that was being done on the side and. I kind of like just throw that out there so I still let the people know because they were also my followers on Twitter and they're also performers that, yeah, maybe I may be overexposed, you know? But if I want st- to step back, I can step back. You know, I don't I don't, I don't... I don't... I'm not the one that's sending emails to everybody and, and for work. I, I never had to say, hey, you know, uh, I need... I want to... I need to do something, you know? I need some work or whatever I'd never had to do that I was just always getting itineraries coming in my email you know FYI can you shoot the 12th can you shoot the 18th can you shoot for that week you know they were coming to me I wasn't having to go search for it I was yeah I had an agent um, and I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I, I ended up letting go of my agent because of the fact that you know I, I, I didn't what did I need him for when they were just asking me personally are you available you know why would I need him if that's the case, but it was basically because, you know, it was kind of being thrown around that you're, you know, you're used type of thing, you know, you're done or whatever the case may be. And, uh, and basically, I, I haters. Around that, yeah, it was a lot of hate going on. And even to this day, there's still a lot of hate going on. Um, and, and I, I, I personally, this, you know, I actually hate the word hate and I never use it. Well, I, let's it, use it, jealousy. It become, yeah, so lot of jealousy. And and I always say, for what? You know, you live your own life. Live your life. You know why? You you you. I mean, it's you who wake up in the morning. It's you who take care of yourself. Why would you be worried about anybody else? As long as you have your health, your well-being, you know, you're fortunate to work and you're fortunate to live life and be happy, then why else would you need to, like, Shit about anybody else, pardon, excuse my word, my, my French or whatever, but you know, yeah. So, and and even I, for me, I'm the kind of, I'm the type of person that just, no matter what, if I know you are not a friendly, so to speak, I still kill you with kindness. You know, I'll still shake your hand, I'll look at you in the face, but in the side, I know I will know who you are, and that's the best way to keep things, you know.
2: Another great answer, man. Yeah. So let's talk a bit about the performers that you have worked with in all of these incredible scenes that you've done. Who have been some of your most favorite performers to perform in scenes with?
1: Uh, some of my faves are um, Andrew dus- Justice. Andrew Justice. Um, who can I have a 2nd to throw off hand. Um, uh, Jack King was another... F- he, he, it was a, it was interesting, but it was another. It was just it was, that to me was a funny shoot. Um, some of them I don't know the names off hand. Hand, but um, there's a bunch, like, you know, uh, from you know, like I said, from Andrew Andrew Justice and uh well,
2: You've done a crap load of scenes. I'm not, trust. I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sh- not good
1: with I'm not good with names. I'm good with faces. I don't forget you. Once I look at you once, that's it. Okay. You're in my, you're in my data bank forever.
2: Well, that was a good list. And what about um, people that you haven't worked with yet? Is is there anyone out there that you would love
1: to work with? Um. Right. Right now. I mean, there's. There's some but like, like I said I can't really call them all Ten, as far as names concerned okay. there are, there's some out there yeah um, but um I don't I don't I don't try to I don't try to be picky in general I mean if I could if I could work with everyone who's who guys who has everything clear to work you know in general for um I work will work, I'll work with them uh, just the fact that you know it's you know, it's always it's always nice to to work with someone new. It's always nice to see the you know the other personalities in the in the in the in the industry, and um, you know if, if the opportunity comes to work with anyone that I can't really say offhand, then I'll I'll take it, I'll take it gratefully. Okay, and make it the best that I can be. Yeah. I like that demeanor. I mean,
2: it, it really just in your answers. I mean, it goes to show why you've been used so much by the studios. I mean, you seem like just an easygoing, go with the flow type of person. Yeah. Mhm. Definitely,
1: man. Yep. I mean, I, I have, I have, I have, um, I I have turned down, you know, for specific reasons, um, but that rarely happens, you know, if. It have to be a real specific reason for that to happen, and and usually when it does happen, it's you know it's for a reason. You know, because I, I I tend to keep tabs of what's you know who's really working and and you know the kind of things that that go on in the industry that a lot of people don't tend to really talk about. But um, I'm just very I, I my health is very important for me, and I you know I treasure it. I take care of myself and. If it ever comes that I turn down something with somebody, it's because it's just a matter of question. you know, Okay. As far me, as like health yeah.
2: status, STIs, yes, etc. Yes, correct. Okay. We'll be talking yeah. a little bit about that in, in a little bit as well. So my next question for you is, out of all of the performers that you've done scenes with, um, when you've bottomed, who has possessed the biggest dick that you've had to take on in a scene? And this can be... You know, in regards to thickness or length.
1: For me, it would have to be Oh what's his name? Um I did a scene with um Raging Stallion where it was like army themed and he was uh black. Look at his Race name. Cooper? Race Cooper, yeah. For me it was Race Cooper. Okay. And then Andrew Andrew Justice, another Andrew Justice for me is another one, but uh race cooper and all the other i would have to if for me personally one of my favorite scenes was would have to be with race cooper for me one of my favorite scenes race cooper his personality he's he's just an all-around nice guy and i definitely had a good time shooting with him i just i, w- I would have loved to shoot with him again and we've even talked we even talked about you know letting other studios know that you know we're interested in working with each other but um i don't really think he's been shooting a lot in the past, and even in the time that I was you know, we were trying to uh just do anything together. But Base Cooper definitely a person that uh I had a good time working with.
2: Awesome. Yeah, I don't yeah. think he's been doing a lot of work recently, but I'm sure he would come back to do a scene with Marcus Rule.
1: Yep. Do you I want... would do it if that's the case.
2: Oh, okay. That's good to know. So studios, take notes do you watch your own scenes or films is that something that you've done in the past or that you do um, or do you try to stay away from watching the scenes that you've been in
1: yeah i generally try to stay away from them because um, i'm judgmental on myself you know i kind of do a lot of like looking in the mirror where i shouldn't be looking in the mirror and seeing something that's generally not there but you know, like I have, yes, I have my image issues. I do maybe, I do maybe, I, I shouldn't have. A lot of people say you're, you're ridiculous, you know, you need to stop and blah, blah, blah. But when I tend to see myself at work, you know, looking at on the screen, I just, I'm like, oh, my voice sounds like different or, you know, my hair was too product up or, you know, I look at myself too much in the wrong way. So I just kind of shy away from it. But I get a lot of like friends, like when I go out a lot, like for example, tonight I'll end up going out to a bar and I always get the, oh my God, you know, I love to work and blah, blah, blah. And there's a lot of, I run into a lot of fans that are, you know, that that watch and they're not afraid to come up and say, I love that scene. Or I love when you did that. Or I love when you did this. And, and I always say, thank you. But, um, and then they, they, i thank them, but I thank them you know because at least it was it takes someone that so that I don't even know to see it and to say you know that it was good i mean I, I i haven't looked at anything really of my own work and say, you know, oh wow, man, that was you know that was really good. I always found myself saying you know it was really good, and I had a good time doing it while I'm doing it. That's so much the after
0: mm-hmm.
2: interesting.
1: How old were you
2: when you saw a porn film for the first time? The first one that you ever saw in your life?
1: My, ooh, I, say, uh, if I honestly can look back correctly. I was 11 years old, actually. Okay. Yeah, I was 11 years old. Straight porn. And gay um, porn. I, I, I came across it was a straight porn. I, I, um, found it under my mother's bed. That's that's what I remember. I was trying to find, because, um, you know, when you get, not, I didn't get really punished. It's just something I, got, you know, taken away from me, and I wanted it back because I was playing with it for so long, and that was my punishment. So when I went to go searching for it, I found a VHS. And I pulled out the VHS from under the mattress and put it in the VHS player, and I watched it, but that was the first time for me.
0: Okay. Yeah.
2: So now it's time for the big question time for the big question, the question that I'm sure all of your hardcore fans are dying to know. How much is Marcus rule packing?
1: Um, it's like some, some studios, they, they put it like seven and a half. And some pe- people say that it's, that it's eight. Uh, it's literally almost at eight. That's how I always just put it at almost at eight. And, um, angle can tell another story. Um, you know, when when you look at it in your hand, it might seem some, it may seem different in your hand, but in somebody else's hand, it may seem different. So, and I have big hands. So, I, I do. I wish I can, you know, you know, be bigger. No, I, I have no complaints. Um, but yeah, it's about eight, and I just can't really complain about it. And some people are fortunate, and some people are even less fortunate. But I'm content with what I have.
2: And obviously, it's working for you with all of the work that yeah. you've done. Correct. Right. The end of a scene, of course, features the pop shot, the cum shot, the money shot, as they like to say. Do you do anything in mm-hmm. particular to maintain a consistent and large load?
1: Um, that's something i really tried to play around with because, you know, I've had scenes that gone they they have to like one day, and then the next day I'm doing it again. Um, I just try to drink a lot of water. Usually when I'm not drinking enough water, you know, that would impact. Um, and then if I know I'm not shooting anything really before or anything after, I'll just save, I'll save up. You know, I won't even, you know, play with myself or anything like that. I'll just, you know, leave it as is. And and there's been days where it's been like, wow. And there's been some days like, wait a minute. something's not right. I'm, I'm off of vitamin or two. So, uh to me it, it, it's it can be can be explosive sometimes it can be different. not not so much as you expected at times but um, it's funny because when you're when I'm when I'm first when I mess when I'm, when I'm masturbating I tend to you know which you gonna call it more rather than when I'm on set and I'm still even masturbating to get to a I think that it's more just like a lot of the emotions that's going on on set, with maybe it's the people, uh, that's the amount of people that's there that's maybe affecting it. But I haven't really looked back to really look at each and every single one of them and say, okay, what was going on behind those scenes that, that may have been a day, that that may have, why it may have came out that way, mm-hmm. or what was going on before then that even made it came out that way that I wanted it to. Opposed to not so much wanting to, um, it varies. I just try to stay hydrated. You know, hydration really plays a lot of roles and a lot of the, the key functions for the body, and and that tends to be like my my thing above all. Like I, I've done back to back scenes in a day where my second load was bigger than the first load. You know, so it's it's weird how the body works.
2: Yeah, that's that's very true. So right now what I want to do is I want to talk about some of the productions that you've been in. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to throw out the title and the performer that you were paired up with. And I want you to, I don't know, maybe share like an anecdote or, uh, you know, how you felt the scene went or j- just something about this, the particular production that I mentioned. Okay. So the first one is is raging Stallion studios as militia and it's your scene with race cooper
1: mm-hmm that the that production from beginning to end was smooth sailing it was there wasn't any bumps in the road there wasn't you know we were both basically powering through it we were both you know there was there was, there was no need for much stops or any stops that day we pretty much went through it smooth sailing and And like I said, for me that was one of my one of my faves as far as shooting is concerned. Race Cooper, A Professional, The Sweetheart, and that kind of mentality rubs off and makes things even better.
2: Cool. The next title that I want to explore with you is Monster Bangs Stripped Two, Hard for the Money, you're seeing with Zeb Atlas.
1: Yeah. That one. That that one was a little shaky a little shaky because uh, you know, you think that Zeb was it took a little bit of Zeb to get into like the character that he had to be like this go-go boy or whatever stripper and um, and I was a patron at the club but I mean it it was fine it, it, Region Stallion tend to they tend to come come in um, prepared for whatever may you know, happen unexpectedly and and I can't really say I didn't have any problem shooting that one. It was just a little, you know, a little cute to see Zeb trying to dance his way on over to me because a lot of people were laughing on set when that was happening. Because it just didn't seem like him, you know? It mm-hmm. seemed like a little out of place. But, um, yeah, that that that's one a scene I can't say I had any complaints about. It was smooth sailing. It was a little lengthy shooting that day, but other than that, they complain.
2: Okay. What about Hard Friction's impact with Jesse Addis?
1: That one, yes. Yeah, Jesse, this is another good one. Um, <clears throat> he's, another, he's another sweetheart. He's another guy that, you know, he, he's very um, conscious of other people. And, yeah, he's very... On par with me with reading the other person to make sure that there's comfort, you know, there's a level of comfort going around. Um, was there a level of difficulty shooting that team? None whatsoever. Absolutely none whatsoever. It, it pretty much went from the beginning to the end. Um, and like I said, no, there was no level of discomfort. There wasn't like any uncomfortable situations. There, you know, there wasn't a need to. Stop for you know for any reason towards the end because sometimes the end can be difficult for some people. And um, I would have to say the end with Dev Atlas, he 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 tends to be one that takes a little bit longer to finish. Mm-hmm. A little but bit longer Jesse, to pop. Jesse, I would yeah. Jesse, I would have to say he, he has a mentally down pack. It was like I think when they like you ready, like I think it was less than like forty seconds or less it didn't take because most of the questionnaires will say you know the likes and likes and likes and dislikes and you know um you know to finish what do you consider three to five minutes or eight to fifteen minutes and and he was like boom bam you know he's done very quickly
2: okay hothouse videos control room with sean duran
1: Sean Duran, oh yeah. That one, that was an interesting day actually because I was supposed to originally shoot with um, Sean Xavier. And there's a reason why I ended up shooting with Sean Duran and not not shooting with Sean Xavier. Uh, But I was basically almost going to cancel the shoot. I was basically done with that shoot. But, um... We ended up settling with uh, Mr. Duran, and we made a scene out of it, and we got through it. The performer, he's an excellent performer. Um, you know, he's good looking, he's got a nice body. He was able to, to, um, to come through on everything that we, that we needed to do. We both came through with everything that we needed to do. And that, and that's another studio that they're, they shoot lengthy. They shoot very lengthy, but. When you when you're with someone as chill as you are, it's like, huh. Doesn't doesn't won't faze you that much. hmm
2: Can you share with us the reason why Sean Xavier wasn't involved in the scene?
1: The reason why I was not able to continue shooting with Sean Xavier was because of a certain, you know, status that was released. That usually I am very, very well, that's the reason. That's actually the reason why I let my agent go after that situation because he knows how I am. Like everybody has to has to be checked to go cleared, 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 cleared. cleared. And something happened where he, he needs to come up and say F Y I. And one night when I saw the F-Y-I, I was like, I was like my I, I text my agent. I'm like, this has to be. I'm canceling. I'm done. I don't want to. I mean, just. Tell them, you tell them because you should have told them from the get-go, what, you know, is this person cleared? Is this person cleared? Is this person cleared? This, but this person was not cleared. And it completely went by everyone that that um, went by everyone's head with no real, you know, concern for my preference and well-being. And uh, so I said, I put the hammer down on that one. And we were managed, we were managed to... To come up with a, with another scene partner who came through and was capable of working, and and we did what we had to do. Okay, you know, I kind of I kind of know who's who. Uh, I don't I don't kind of know. I know who's who in the industry, um, and I stick to it. Um, and very much to I was offered like a ridiculous amount of money to do three scenes for a, for a studio, and it was BB. And but their 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 methods on producing, I wouldn't do it anyways. But just the fact that the way that they presented, like their methods for you know getting things done, and was just seems reckless at best. And I said, this, you know, it might be nice to see all that money, but I just will not put myself in any situation whatsoever, no matter what you know percentages go into place. I just personally would rather step aside and say thank you but no thank you
0: mm-hmm.
2: so you prefer not working with performers that have done bareback or is, or is it more so uh, you prefer working with performers that I'm, I'm trying to understand I guess what is what sort of like your limitations are because I yeah. know that you mentioned that uh,
1: I do not I do not work with anyone who, um, I do not, I, I do not work with anyone who is paused. That's, that's my thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And there are a lot of people who have an okay kind of mind with it that, yeah, but you know, you're taking this, you're taking that, but it's still, um, you know, I would, I would, I'm not, do- I'm, I'm not going to do it because for myself, my, my, my comfort level Um, And then down the road, you're going to have fans that are going to find out about the other person and they're going to look at me like, whoa, you know what I mean? Like, I'd rather just not deal with with any negativity about that and backlash. And like, I've had um, fans come to me in clubs and say, oh, but I heard that this person thought, like, you know, I don't work with anybody who hasn't passed, who's not cleared. And I really pay attention to that and I really, really stick with it and... And, and a lot of performers, a lot of fans, tend to have a lot of mis, mis uh, you know, misinfl- being highly misinformed of, you know, the, the the health of performers. They think that everyone's reckless and everyone's, you know, Treasure Island at best. And no, not everyone is like that, you know. And I don't want to end up being like that. And that's how I will continue to carry myself.
2: Good answer. I like that answer, yeah. and um, I think it's really important that you said that because, I, like you said, I think a lot of people assume a lot of things about performers, and it's really great to hear a performer who who takes his health as number one. And um, I, th- I don't think a lot of people understand sort of how lax the gay side of the industry can be in testing, but there are a lot of people that are very much on top of their testing and only work with performers that are negative and that kind of stuff. So, uh, so that was a really good answer. So, moving into another production, Raging Stallion Studios is The Woods, part two with Patty O'Brien.
1: I think every, I think everyone that I've come across has said that that was a best scene for them. And, for me, it was a best scene. It was, uh, Patty is an interesting individual, um, but he's he's well he's well grounded. He's got a good head on his shoulders, and he um, he's just very respectful, very kind. a very sweet guy. The only thing I would have to say with shooting there in Melody Pines was uh, the lengthiness of being there. It was. Uh, a bit daunting but you know you're in a nice area it's pretty foliage and all the other stuff I think I took plenty of selfies in the forest for no reason but Naughty Pines is a pretty interesting and cool place to go to and uh, I, and the fact that I did a scene there um I've actually had some friends I visited over there and ended up going to Naughty Pines renting out space for for um, for camping on the fact that I told them, like, if you go there, that's a nice area to go camping. And they went there to go camping, and they were like taking pictures in front of the Naughty Finds picture, like saying, thanks, love it, everything is beautiful, and blah, blah, blah. But I definitely give that, that shoot a thumbs up. I don't, like I said, I very, very, very rarely do I have anything that has a thumbs down, you know, and that's another thumbs up from, you know, from beginning to end was cruise through without any difficulty any level of difficulty whatsoever and that's a lot of people say that's one of their faves one of their faves i mean i i get that like literally i just got it two days ago it was like <laughs> oh my god they want to know yeah they like they want to know about patty's personality and and are you going to shoot with him again and because you've only shot once so i've had a lot of people say that they would really, if they, if there was a shoot done with me and him again, that they would be, they'd be buying it and they'd be supporting it. But you know, that's not my call. I can't, you know, I can't like to say, you know, let me shoot with him, whatever. The man's busy enough as it is, you know.
0: mm mm-hmm.
2: Mhm. Absolutely. So next up, Hot House Videos is Hard Time with Jimmy Durano and Landon Conrad.
1: Oh, that scene. Um, there was a bit of difficulty in that scene, I'll have to say. Um, it was just. Hot House tends to have oral scenes that really, really play out lengthy wise. And I don't even know if the full extent of it is even released on on the content, finished product. But it, it, they kind of like. Put it like this for one person, that oral scene could have easily have been. Three positions and a scene done already for another studio. So that for me was was their thing, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, and I and I when it, when it comes to me wanting to work back with Hot House, I always say there always is that little you know thing that goes in the back of my head. But like I said, I don't complain. I go there, I do it, um, and uh, and they're they're very sweet. They're all very sweet there. Jimmy Durano's very nice. And uh, the other one, too, it's, they're all just pretty sweet there. But uh, level of difficulty for that scene, I did have some difficulty with that scene. I will say um, it was about six and seven. And that's pretty high. Not for most. But it, I don't really go that anywhere near that range for a lot of stuff that I've done. But it, you know, it can be a bit of a drag
2: okay and difficulty yeah. just because of the length of the shoot or uh, like what do you mean in regards to the difficulty for the scene
1: yeah they 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 try they try to get but well, yeah, they the it's to, it's how the it scene is being directed and how they're trying to capture like certain angles and um Landon conrad you know he he he's been in the business long enough but he can also he can also, you know, speak his mind, and it can be done so very, very freely. When he gets agitated, he, he gets agitated, and uh, that was nothing like the level of discomfort that I had there was that Landon was getting like a little bit uncomfortable with the lengthy process of the shoot, and uh, he, I think at one point, almost left the set. That's how that's how daunting the whole all blasters was. Oh wow! You know? mm-hmm. And with them, it's a lot of in and it's a lot of being in and back out of your costume, in and in back out of your costume. The one that I did there with uh, Sean Duran was that that little like the um, latex suit Correct. that I wore mm-hmm. with the with the cap. I was in and out of that suit um, in a day. I would say about forty-five times. And at wow. times, the boots the boots were full of sweat because that's how hot it was being in that suit. Like, yeah, but they had the to grease off.
2: you up every time they put you in.
1: Yeah. I would take the boot off and I would tilt it and it would just, you just see sweat just, like, pour out.
2: Good grief. Mm-hmm. That's insane. Wow. Yep. So let's move into one of the productions that uh, most recently was released, Titan Men's fast-paced with J.R. Bronson.
1: J.R. Bronson. That that was a, that was a pretty interesting shoot. Um, first time I had shot with him, and he was actually friends of my agent at the time, and he basically was... He went to my agent and was like, I want to work with him. I want to work with him. So they both kind of collaborated and found a studio that would work with the both of us, and... Um, we pulled it through. I mean, we actually shot that scene in the headquarters of Burning Man. Oh, okay. A lot of people don't know that. Yeah, a lot of people don't know that. That's like BTS really. That's a lot. It's like a BTS. You probably not gonna hear from nobody else. And I could actually say it. They were like, and I, I said, is it, is it possible if I, if you know, if I, I can say to my fans that we, we, we you know, I shot it there in the, you know, the Burning Man like I could do. This. It's fine. It's no problem. You can it's because they thought I said because I was supposed to do an interview with Queer Me Now that week, and um, were, I was gonna bring it up, but Queer Me Now was not even uh, I Ended up never making it in town or whatever, so I was never able to like throw it out there. But the the scenes that I shot, there, I shot two scenes there, two different two different people, um, was actually the headquarters of Burning Man, the fathers of Burning Man. So uh, what you what you were probably seeing in the background, if you could see much, was actually props and sets for the the Burning Man event.
2: Oh wow, that's interesting. Yep. Very cool. Well, now I kind of want to talk a little bit about some of the fetishy work that you've done. You've done some work with fetishes, in particular for kink.com. You've been on their Correct. Naked Combat site, TS Seduction, 30 Minutes of Torment, Bound Gods, Men on Edge, and Divine Bitches. So, yeah. my question for you generally speaking, do you enjoy playing with fetishes? And I also want to ask, out of the the, um, the sites, the the kink.com sites that you've been on, which was the easiest to work on? Like, what was the easiest scene to do, or type of scene? And which was the most difficult? That where you really, you know, they they gave it to you in that scene.
1: Yeah, that this, their their whole production team there is um, is amazing uh the the props the things that go on that you don't really see um and you get to see as performers are concerned they are like everything is over the top and you that's a studio where if you're going to go work with them you have to question what are you going to be getting yourself into what really is going to go happen and um for me the most hardest would be um for me was 30 minutes of torment the hardest because i was fine doing everything else everything else the easiest for me would be the naked combat a lot of people think that that it's not would not be considered easy. that would be considered the hardest but for me it was considered the easiest mm-hmm. because um when it comes to, flex, to like moving weight around and stuff like that, that's play for me, that's fun. i d I'll do that all day, you know. Yeah, I might if I get I might get tossed around but I'm gonna toss you back around, you know, one way or another. Um but the only reason why for thirty minutes of torment was because it was just done over the edge. It was really done over the edge and um with me and Kink.com, it's always been show that it really hurts because I, not that I'm blocking it, I just got a very good high pain threshold. And they I would have to at, at times pretend that I'm being hurt, but mm-hmm. they still love me and they still bring me back and they still actually want me to come back every, actually recently um, but I'm uh, not too sure if I'm going to go back there but um, they they real you really go home with some battle scars. I believe know? it you you really like I I've, I've gone shooting two days and then two days prior but two days later going home and still two days later I'll be in the gym and then another two days you'll see like the war wounds under my like showing out of through my tank top and the shirt that I'm wearing and I have friends of my saying what is all what happened to you I was like hey you know what happens
2: exactly I, I don't really say
1: what I did yeah I just say you know hey, I just had a good weekend I have fun time meanwhile I've got like lashes on me you know and um I've bled on set from being, uh, you know, going through their many different um, levels of torment and torture that they do. Uh, But that's another company um, I give a big thumbs up to. They they are fabulous at what they do, Mm -hmm. and they're always fine tuning things and coming up with new things. And James Franco came in there and he really, really showed the, you know, uh, gave them, gave the world the opportunity to see Kink. And I was there on and off when he was there. I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, behind the, I mean, in front of the camera or anything like that, but I was actually behind during some of the production. And um, they deserve a lot more credit for what they do, because a lot of performers really would not want to go there. And just a lot of people loyally go there. And some people, will, I've heard some people say, this they're not paying me enough. I'm not coming back. I'm not coming back. And I'm like, well, I mean, that's your choice. But this is all about challenging yourself. You know, for me, it was a challenge. And I liked it. That's good to hear. Now, can you
2: fill us in a little bit on Naked Combat? Is it really that you two are pitted against each other and whoever wins it, you know, ends up being the top, or is it sort of pre-selected who's going, who supposedly wins?
1: Um, no, it's it's really, it's, it's a real fight. It's as real as real can possibly get. Okay. So both
2: of you go yeah. in knowing that one of you could top or one of you could bottom.
1: Yeah. Okay. There's not, there's not any, there's not any, like, you know, like, even, I mean I've honestly had performers say you know to me it doesn't matter if I lose or today it really matters if I lose type of situation so it's really depends on some people um, but as far as like the original intent of the shoot it's all you know better come doing you hope you did enough cardio exactly. that week
0: prior because
1: yeah it's a, it's a lot of heaving and sweating and shaking and um, I've had a scene partner be throwing up in a bucket multiple times during the shoot because it's just really taxing. Yeah. Wow. I like yeah. it. That's really challenging.
2: Overall, throughout all of the productions that you've been in, what has been the funniest thing that has ever happened to you on a porn
1: set? The funniest thing that has ever happened to me on a set would have to be uh, shooting in Budapest, um, we are shooting on this club scene and we were told that we had uh, nobody coming into, the, um, into the, the bar that we're shooting and going downstairs at any point. Meanwhile we're like shooting and all of a sudden we start hearing like clink, like a clink and clink and there was a delivery of liquor being done being delivered because they already saw the door was open so we had like these workers that were bringing like liquor down in uh these um whatchamacallit those uh like this little machine that really brings that down the weight with like a hydraulic system mm-hmm. and like all you hear was and then there's like four men don't even know what to do they're, They they all of a sudden they just pick the phone and they make a they start making a phone call and walk upstairs and they leave all the liquor downstairs and we're just laughing because we're told the place was not going to be trafficked. There's going to be no traffic at all. So we were all like, it was funny, but we were all like concerned. Well, you know, what's going to happen now? Do we just like stop? So we all had to get dressed and we all had to pretend to be like doing something other than shooting. So we really had to like break everything down. We broke down everything. We hit all the cameras. We hit all the lights. We hit everything. Everybody got dressed. Every condom wrapper that's lifted off the floor. We, the floor, if there was any lube on the floor, like they put salt down and tried to make sure it came up. And, um, and it was just like, we weren't sure if we lost that shoot or we were going to, um, be engaged in some very interesting company afterwards. We just thought like the police were going to come or we just didn't know what was going to happen, but it was just funny. Wow. So, what
2: ended up happening? Did you guys uh, have to leave? Did you guys just uh, reset?
1: Yeah. We what we did was they they just what happened was was that I guess they they were told that they had a delivery that a part of delivery that was not delivered during that week. So it happened to be in the area, and they're usually used to the bar kind of being available because usually deliveries are done at that time, and they just took a gamble and literally came into the place with like their little receipt and they just like walked down there like it was like they're used to doing it. They just figured that they were just going to drop it off, leave the receipt on top of all the boxes uh-huh. and leave a message to the uh, the manager and leave. And uh, yeah, it was a little, it was a little, it was an unexpected situation. Especially when you're caught with your pants down. Basically. Yeah.
2: Now from the funny mm-hmm. to the embarrassing... Has anything embarrassing ever happened to you on a porn set?
1: Embarrassing, embarrassing. Um, no, that. No, no, not, not, not that. No, have I? have I had anything embarrassing happen? Not to me, at least. Not to me, at least. No, okay. just, I've always. Yeah, I've never had anything. Anything weird happen? Um, I mean, the only thing like. I mean, if anything embarrassing is concerned, I mean it would have to be like uh, behavior-wise, like other performers like really go over the top and kind of like make you step back and like, oh, here we go, we got a loony here. Other than that, no, nothing really embarrassing.
2: Okay. So now I want to transition into asking you about some of the serious issues about the gay adult industry. I want to go in and talk about, you know, some of the things that have been in the adult industry press and whatnot and just things that I'm sure the fans and supporters out there are curious to know about and um My first question for you, which I believe you you sort of answered at the start of the interview, is does your family know about your career in the gay adult industry? And if so, how do they feel about it?
1: My parents do not know. There's only one person in my family, which is a cousin who is actually gay. And um, he's the only person who knows. He hasn't ever said anything, and he just doesn't, you know... He just knows of it, and he he just you know he's, he's a grown man, and he knows how things are. Other than that, my my family really doesn't know anything. They just they kind of believe this story that um that I work. I've come with like a little clever story for all my family and I work with a, a supplement company. You know, like events. You know, like events where it comes like mm-hmm. bodybuilders and like vendors. Like, like I work with this company that they go to these events and there was vendors and. And uh, I don't know how long that's going to pull off, but, uh, I would have to come up with some kind of explanation as far as for traveling is concerned, because I was at sometimes I would only be home literally for one day in a month, one day. And and, And I would have it set up where at least I can come home for one day, because at least if I can come home for one day, that's good enough. I'll fly the day before, be there a whole day and leave that afternoon. I've done that numerous times. And, um... No, I've had my, my father ask me, like, what do you really do, man? What do you really do? What do you really do? I'm like, yeah, no, it's that company, man. Remember, you know, that's why I always have supplements in the house. And, you know, I I, I made up a clever lie, so to speak. Um, and uh, I've even made, like, a fake employee ID for, like, this nutritional company. So it looks like I'm a representative for them. So I leave a when my father would come around. I would, I would specifically pull that out of a certain place and leave it lying around so that he can see, you know, what is, you know, the that is still happening and going to, you know, the fabrication of the story. Um, if they, I, I don't know what would happen if they do find out, especially my dad. My dad is, he's, he's still, open, you know, a cool person, open minded person, but, um, you know, he's 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 close he's too close to, you know, leaving us where I want him to, you know, know that before he goes in that type of situation. I just gotta leave it as is and uh and just leave it like that. Leave it the mystery that it is and at least that I'm working and I'm independent and I have my own place and I'm not living like in the parents' basement or I'm not living in anyone else's place. I'm fortunate enough to travel and vacation and you know, porn has led me into other routes um, as far as work is concerned, and you know, I'm actually now our owner of a club here in Queens, New York. And if not for porn, I wouldn't know if I would be involved in, in the ownership of a, of a club. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's been a ride. It's, it's been fun. Uh, you know, I've been graced with the presence of certain celebrities, which I, you know, I keep them, you know, hush hush. But I've I've had I've had fun and I'm still having fun to this day and I'm still young and should I decide to come back into it I'm sure it would just be a whole new bunch of funness and I'm all for funness and and uh, you know like I said I have a lot of time ahead of me and you know, I'm still young and I'm still keeping myself together so one when, when one we'll, when we never know what will happen in the future
2: definitely. What is your opinion on the popularity of bareback porn in the gay adult industry?
1: Um, I just... I i, I personally don't really, really watch it for me because when you personally know, like you're seeing someone who, who you personally know is 100% positive and is working with a positive, um, that in itself just makes it seem like where, is, where, is their, where are their standards? And like there are certain studios that they will pair a positive performer with a non-positive performer and the non-positive pro- performer will, non- will not even know, will not be given the opportunity to be graced with that knowledge. And, you know, there's so many different things that could happen where you just do not want to be caught up in a what-if scenario where some people is, you know, some people say, "Oh well, you know, it's in the beginning. It's like it might not contract, or now you're on your medication." But there's some people who have it and they're not taking care of themselves. <clears throat> Why would you run that risk on someone, especially let's, with, with, un, with with intentionally not letting that individual know that there is a risk in this particular situation? Um, I've even like, I even know seen I've I even know seen partners who have even who have even caught stuff. Where it was only a week, a week on by by a a medicine that was gone. But meanwhile, he was under the impression that he was also he wasn't the only one being tested, you know. And he backtracked everything, and he should have put his foot down and did more to say what, what what happened was wrong. But there's a lot of people in the industry who are. Finding themselves contracting things, and due to fear, they keep it a hush-hush, and they either fall away from porn, or they continue to shoot, and they continue to work with 2 years that really don't ask questions. And and if you have a name, all the better, because this means they'll be working one way or another. I just don't. I just think that there there needs to be a like a code of conduct, there has to be a standard set for that. There's not, there's no need, there's no room for concern. There's no what if in the back of your mind. Um, I've had friends of mine who shot teams with studios where everyone's tested, but you kind of walk away feeling like, you know, what if my next, like, and then they go for the next test and they're like, what if, you know, and if you're, taking care of yourself off camera and you're taking yourself you're taking care of yourself on camera then you know you shouldn't be fearing anything but like for me even when i would go and i always take care of myself on camera and off camera and i found myself going again to like talent testing place or cutting edge testing and i still have like when that result comes and it comes in the email i'm like but for no reason it's like a fear you know and knowing that there's no reason to fear, but you still feel fear is because, you know, certain people and, and certain things that go on in society make it a fear that you can't even control and put aside because, you know, you're fearing the unknown. And I think a lot of people need to be aware of the unknown. Um, I think that people who are positive and who are working, there needs to be an awareness who is and who's not because obviously there are people who have no problem shooting with people like I I even went through months doing doing Truvada because of the fact that you know it's a peace of mind for me despite you know just just in case because um I figured if anything I'd rather cover all bases you know if that's gonna help me one way or another it'll help me but you know, I just tested myself um less than two weeks ago and um <clears throat> you know by, I take care of myself and it shows through all my testing and I I've never been an unreliable person and I would not put myself in jeopardy and I would definitely not want to put anyone else in jeopardy whatsoever you know the power of money can really persuade people to just be greedy and be really really unthoughtful
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah
2: that's very true so Let's continue sort of discussing the fear aspect of of, uh, what you were saying in your answer, because the um, testing in the gay side of the adult industry is not as stringent as over on the straight side. On the straight side of the adult industry, there are a lot of performers that are getting tested every seven to ten days, every two weeks, and that isn't necessarily the case on the gay side so my question for you is Mm -hmm. do you ever feel worried about catching a sti or worse on set
1: i do because you just never know if that person after that testing that they were approved for work how what their recklessness is you know you you kind of look at everybody and you kind of look at them and say well yeah your test came through but there's so many variables that can say that that there still be me, may be room for error, and if you do, if you work with a reckless set mindset, then reckless things are going to happen. And <clears throat> like I said, I wasn't just testing myself through the 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 the, the um the the uh, you know like going through t- cutting edge testing and, and the talent testing companies or whatever. I was doing it just on my own. I can, you know, keep myself and keep myself at a level of comfort. But I've also worked with certain studios where they've made it almost like, even like almost to say strict. Whereas, like I've been to a cutting edge testing four times in one month only because the studio wants you to be, you know. Yeah, they can still go and they can see that it's tested. But they still want you to go and get retested, but it's reimbursed anyways, you know? So, there are some studios that they may have a reputation of not being so, you know, so strict, but there are some studios like they have when they're just, for some reason, not feeling comfortable. Like, oh, I just shot with, you know, Men.com and I was doing, you know, I just did a cutting and testing with them, but yeah, you know, if you, it's just, you know, the performer and or for everyone's well-being, just in case type of scenario, because they agreed. doesn't really always mean that there's no room for error. You know, mm-hmm. I know of a certain I, I know of a certain performer where he was um, supposed to shoot in Florida with his scene partner. They were staying in a hotel room together, and his he the one scene partner does what he's supposed to do. Go to sleep, get a good night's rest, and um, <clears throat> to start off a better, a good, healthy day. The other scene partner goes out, brings back someone from a bar. Not only that, ends up barebacking in the hotel room, and then wakes up his scene partner, and says, "You want to get in on it?" and cancels the scene. How do I know that happens? Because I ended up gaining that scene, and i and I. When I hear stuff like that, you kind of think, "Well, what kind of you know? What else? What? what you just the you just don't know who you're around at times."
2: People, yeah,
1: I mean, not only is that sexually can, irresponsible, but
2: I mean, it's it's, I mean, it's you're gonna give up money for
1: a hookup. Yeah, a hookup. Yeah, huh? you know, like. I don't, I, I don't know if it's, if the person's just not more, the moral compass is destroyed or it was the use of some kind of drug or whether you want to say it was drinking, but you, to go that far, you really need to set yourself up for a life change. Like you need to be, you need to go through like some kind of mental health program for me as far as I'm concerned, because that should have never happened. You know, because I, I went to the studio, I said, well, what exactly happened? And, you know, they, were, you know, they, they told me what happened. I'm like, holy like, who the hell does that? Who the hell goes and just does that? And it's like, like, you know, you're not, you're not invincible, you know? That could be the, that could have been the, even though that person ends up testing still clean later on in life and still shooting to this day, it was still a gamble. You know, it was still a gamble. And the person who, who was supposed to shoot with that person, the person that canceled the shoot, you know, he did everything right. He didn't do anything wrong. He did everything right. And the same thing happened to me when I was sh- shooting with someone else. The moment some in- well, I was going to shoot with someone else, the moment some information was made aware to me by the person themselves, I'm like, why am I just hearing this now? I was so flustered. I was like, I composed myself. And I said, you know what? the person who should have taken care of the situation should have known should have. I shouldn't be there in general had my, my agent done his job correctly after that situation I fired him and I spoke to a couple of people and I said is there a list that I can sit by because I'll pay for it I want to know and there is you know a certain list that floats around and I have it and I just lets you know who's who of what you know for what particular reason and uh you know, I, I my life is important. My life is very important. You know, if you've I've heard see, I've heard team partners, I've heard I mean, I've heard um, performers say that, um, performers that have worked with companies that are not so strict and they allow certain things to happen. And I've heard them say outright to me, you know, it's not that I I've never caught anything on set. It's what I whatever I have caught, I caught it off set in my personal life. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not something really to be proud of, you know, especially when you're in the field and you're in the sex industry, you know what I mean? Yeah. Some people, yeah, for me, my life is a little little bit more precious to me than most people precious and treasure their life.
2: Yeah. Okay, let's move into... uh... Another side of the industry that a lot of people talk about and can be somewhat controversial. What is your opinion on gay for pay performers in the industry? And I'm asking you this because you've worked with a couple of
1: them. Yeah, my personal opinion on gay for pay, and it, it's, it's going to go against what a lot of people believe in it. Um, I don't believe in, I don't believe in gay for pay. I believe you—you're you're either gay or you're not. Now, if you want to lose gay for pay as a cop out to kind of justify your actions, then fine. You you'll end up needing you you'll end up needing something to use to justify your own actions anyway in life. But, um, you know, like just a straight man. Is a straight man and what a straight man is going to do is completely opposite than what a quote unquote gay for pay person would do if they're really straight they wouldn't be wouldn't be caught in that situation you know like mentally you'd have to have something i would say special about you to go about and do any act that you know is, is homosexual in nature you know it's that that there's a part of you that it has to have come from the fact that you from the day you're born and it's a fact that it's a part of you. You just don't want to accept it. You're trying to dilute it or you're trying to find means to justify why you're doing what you're doing. Um, because at, in the end of it all, you know, you, 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 had a, you had a dick in your mouth, you had a dick in your ass. You, you know, you're, you, you know, and then, and then I, I always say that it's the ones that are like, oh, I'll do this and that, but I'm not going to blow. I'm not going to suck you off or anything like that. That's that, that, like cut off. And that, like, that to me is like, you really work with someone who's really struggling with themselves. I personally don't believe in it from a, like certain, even more psychological aspects. Um, you know, it's just, there's a part of their path that can really, like, put a person that's a gift of pay and a, a liar to a test and they there's they're, they're either gonna so deception or they're gonna fail very i mean i you'd have to really 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 be like oblivious to what you're doing to say oh I, i'm not seeing myself having gay sex i'm i'm only seeing a paycheck you know you but there's a lot of people who will say it's not true you know that maybe i'm going wrong about it and I've told people on set that they said, no I'm, you know, I'm gay for pay. I'm like, really gay for pay, really." Like, who do you tell that to? Yourself, or to your friends, or to who? To your parents? You know, it's what's important is what you really tell yourself that you're not telling other people. So, I don't like to like badmouth people. I don't like to like, you know, sometimes some people in life they need. There's a top, they, 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 their moment their moment to shine on their true the true person is can take forever you know the biggest battle in life is the battle we live within ourselves we fight within ourselves we fight the biggest battle of all, the the you know the we can have all the wars you want in the world but the the biggest battle of all is within ourselves and we're always every day fighting ourselves for you know for who we really are and who we're hiding and who we're you know who' we're, we're pretending not to be. There's a lot of people out there who are fake and and even fake, while, while being fake or even, even more fake, you know? So just be real. And if you need to, you know, kind of like, you know, put on a mask and say, oh, you know, but it's this, it's that. I do it for that reason. I look, I try to just nod my head. I always just nod my head. I'm like, okay. I mean, I, I get it. But, you know, I've, i especially me working in, the, in in the club life. I've seen bartenders being in the cl- in the club life. I've seen, I've seen bartenders come and they're gung ho, they're straight as f, and that you know, blah blah blah, and then and then they're hooking up with either tranny, and then it works into some guy one way or another, you know. It's a doorway, like you know. They say weed is the is the, the gate drug. You know, at some point you find a that the gate. There's there's an outlet that gets you into doing all the things you end up wanting to do one way or another, but it's hard to admit, to be honest to yourself and to those around you, why you're really doing it.
2: Another great answer. Mm -hmm. You lightly touched on uh, this next question in one of your previous answers, but I want to explore it a little bit more. Is there any competition... (laughs) Among performers in the gay adult
1: industry, there is tons of competition. There, everyone is always trying to be the better bottom. Then the other ones always trying to be the better top. And then there's a lot of people that they come into it. They're like, I'm just going to be the biggest top, and then they fail at like being the biggest top, and then they have to try and be a flip, or they try and be the best top. And the the competition that I see it's a lot of clashing moments you know it's like you'll end up like I've, I've ended up not liking people on set because of seeing their true nature seeing how they are how they behave how they talk and how they perceive themselves to be and it's very off-putting but that's that's part of the competition that's there, that they're that they're putting up you know um a lot of people think they're you know they're they're the a-list of gay porn stars but you know they're they're really not they're 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 treated off camera you know as porn royalty in some aspects but people will do whatever they can to, to just to be around you long enough and make you feel special and a lot of people get really really tied up in fantasy friends and fantasy fans that shovel give them all this money put them on vacations and and buy them like i've you know i know people who receive cars of gifts i've i've received a very very expensive watch and i'm talking about tens of thousands of dollars worth of, of, of a watch and um you know but i never let it get to my head and a lot of people let it get to the head and when they when they find themselves feeling really special and like feeling untouchable, you know, the, the competition just gets bumped up even more because it's almost like they turn everybody into an enemy, you know? And, and there's a lot of like name calling and points and fingers, and you know,
0: you're,
1: you're, you're, look, look at this, and but look at that. And competition is always there, and competition will always be there, just like in life in general. But for me in the industry, competition ends up being more destruction than productive by any means.
2: Is there a misconception or myth about performers that you would like to dispel?
1: You mean about a specific person?
2: No, just in general. Just, oh, yeah, um,
1: just in I general. Think that, I think that a lot of people think that we're, we're um, like a lot of the, my friends... They see me and they, they sometimes they don't know if I'm acting in my behavior because they say I'm so used to pretending. Um, but work in real life is two different things. I, I I'm easily capable of separating the two. I can take a day and say I want to live it as Marcus Rule, or I can take a day and live it as who I really am, and and that just means just relaxing and taking it easy not having a need to go to all the gay bars and and feel you know taking pictures with people and everything there's a lot of people who believe porn stars are egotistical and and yes there are a lot of people who walk around with these egos that go way beyond the stars and um but i don't believe we're all like that i believe uh, you know every single one of us are looking in the mirror every second and like, Oh, I got to get something done. Cause a lot of porn stars would think that, Oh, I got to get something done. Oh, I got to do this. Oh, I got to go do that, you know? And, and, you know, back to the thing where it goes to people, like people think that we you know that we're all carrying something and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you have no idea, you know, the, the you know, the requirements that go on. And I tell friends, I'm like, when's the last time you've been tested? No, like, they can't even look back five, six months or a year and say when the hell they've been tested. You know, so who's really dirty walking around? You know, I always tell a lot of people that. And I've had a lot of friends say, you know, don't, you know, don't hook up with that person because, you know, he's a porn star and, you know, be careful and like, you know, complete BS. And but yeah, there's some people you have to question and be cautious about, but there are a lot of us who are not—we're honestly good people, and our health is tip-top shape. And no, we're not carrying and, and passing on diseases. Um, no, we're not intentionally sleeping with people um, and not have wearing condoms because we think we're untouchable. And and uh, no, we're not all like that. We're not all reckless. We're not all—we're not all selfish, and we're not all. You know uh, bags of uh, sexually transmitted diseases walking around you know at every at any time at any one moment. you know a lot of people think that we're all um, like I said co uh, dirty, you know, but it's wrong.
2: Another great answer man.
1: So let's
2: venture away. From these serious questions, and uh, I want to talk a little bit more about you, as if we haven't been throughout this interview. Mm-hmm. Um, how often do you work out, and do you consistently have to watch what you eat, in particular when
1: you are shooting? Yeah, there is. Um, there is like the, you know, I, I was a personal trainer before, so I know um, certain things revolving like certain foods that will cause like. Water retention and bloating and all that stuff. And I could have paid attention more to the knowledge that I know, but I, you know, some of the scenes that come through, you end up not being really prepared for it. So sometimes I may come like a little, you know, holding a little bit of water or not really, you know, defined. I've been done so far. I'm defined. I've done so far. I'm not so defined. But generally, I, I do go to the gym Monday to Friday and. I try not to go every weekend out because when I go out every weekend and really like end up coming home at like four or eight in the morning, that just ruins everything. And then like I'm still struggling Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday to to make up for all the damage that it caused Friday night and Saturday. You know, um, yes, I do like to party. I do like to go out. Like tonight I'm expected to be at a bar later on, much later on. But um. I won't, I won't try to be you on, know, go crazy, and I won't try to get home so late that I wake up at 1 in the afternoon. Like, I really hate waking at 1 in the afternoon because it ruins everything for me. But um, I do watch what I eat. Uh, I do enjoy food. I will, I will eat something that I'm not supposed to eat, you know, like, but and I won't deprive myself of, you know, having a good time. Eating good, you know, eating good food, eating healthy food is one thing, but at some point you gotta like have a hamburger. You gotta have like type of pizza. It's not all about trying to be clean, 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 because then things get stagnant. And the body does the same thing. But yes, I do spend a lot of time in the gym, and I do spend a lot of time in the kitchen, and I do take care of myself very well.
2: I think that's evident. So mm-hmm. the next question is the age-old question: to shave or not to shave? And I'm talking about down there, yes. and if you want to talk about just uh, general body grooming as
1: well. I a lot of people love uh, when I'm going to the hairy stages. Um, when I'm going to the hairy stages, because I'm not trimming, and sometimes the trimming is not the non-trimming is intentional because some studio is coming up ahead. Prefer it, but I honestly rather prefer myself to be like. If I could, if I could possibly have been born hairless, I would have preferred that. But um you know, I have a lot of friends that that say, "Come on, you gotta have some hair in your chest, or you gotta have some hair under your arms." Or, but I get really, really hairy Like no one, not even the industry, I mean, the people that see me film, I've really, really seen what can really happen as far as if I do not shave. It's, even when I was like young, like I'm 29 now, when I was 23, I I was growing hair and everywhere from head to toe. And it's like, why do I have to have like um, hair on my arm that are like o- over an inch and a half? You know, like inch and a half, I'd have hair like that on my body. So I did really a lot of grooming and personal preference. If I can be, if I can be bald all around, I would do it. But sometimes you know, now now as I get as I've been getting older, I've been playing around having the beard every once in a while and letting the the hair on the chest go for a little while and you know arm hair grow for a little while. But other than that, I really personally prefer it to be bald all the way through, you know? <clears throat> mm-hmm.
2: In your opinion, what part of your body is the sexiest,
1: and why? I, I would have to say, um, my legs. My legs, a lot of people always talk about my legs, like, oh, you know, it's big and the meaty, and then everybody talks about, you know, the butt, my butt and everything, but I've always loved to, like, when I look in the mirror... And you know, if I can really see my legs like I really look at them and I'm like I'm content, you know. I really love how, how my legs are and and they're they're a lot um, bigger than most people and uh, like my legs are enormous, but even my bicep my arm, my upper arm is sometimes even as bigger than most people's thighs and my thighs already are enormous. You know, but for some people's thighs, my my arms are about the size of their thigh. Good grief. But for me it's legs. So, yeah.
2: And uh, since we're talking about your body, we will give a shout out to your butt, because I don't know if you know this, but you were apparently voted ManhuntDaily.com's best butt of 2013.
1: Wow, I didn't even know that. So
2: congratulations. Thank you. You're welcome. So let's go on the flip side of that question, and I want to ask in your opinion, what part of your body do you like the least, and why?
1: What I like the least is um, I've never been a fan of my feet. I wish I could be a fan of my feet. But that would have to be where like I'm not happy with. Um, and it's I don't know what it is I mean, like Because I've broken my left foot before so a lot of people can catch that on camera and some people can't catch it on camera So but it's always been like when I see it. I just wish like you can just be like Perfect and more mm-hmm. better looking than than where they are right now. Um For me, it's my feet. Uh, I'm fine with everything else my feet Yeah, okay. I look down at this sometimes and I'm like why am I even wearing flip-flops? <laughs> <laughs> yeah
2: do you find it difficult to be in a romantic relationship while working in the adult industry
1: um I think there is a level of um there's a challenge when it comes to that I believe but if you're with someone, that is well aware of what you're doing and understands where you understand what is pleasure and what is like, what is, you know, love and what is touching. Love the person, you know, you love that person and work. Is either work or pleasure? Um, You know, who, who, if you hook up with somebody, you're not falling in love with them. You just, there's all pleasure involved. But if you work, you're, you're, you know, you're, you got some you have to play a part of pleasure in there but you also got to pay attention to the fact that you don't want to just you don't want to find yourself emotionally confused with anyone so you have to like kind of guard yourself a little bit on set so that it doesn't follow you in your personal life and i've mm-hmm. seen a lot of friends of mine working in the porn industry and they've really let porn and their scene partners low into their personal life and offset and it always causes like problems. And I've had a couple people that say, damn it, you told me so. And I said, I told you I would, you would end up remembering that I told you so. You know, like they always say to me, what do you think about this like You know, there's no sense in cheating and there's no sense in, in being, um, being, uh, you know, reckless in, in your behavior, especially when you're with someone you're dating someone and they they, they know what you're doing they you just kind of hope to god that they are you know they are mature enough to know what what it is you're actually doing and uh, that would make it that, that that for me has to even make it even all the more better more comfortable more easy going than to have someone who just looks at you a certain way like with squint with squint every freaking day because every time you come back from work, there's like a, hmm, you know, like that, hmm, <laughs> hmm, type of mentality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just hope that a lot of people that have found porn to be a part of their life, I just hope that they never allow it to destroy their life. That's what I always say. If it's something you're going to do, you know, just do it and don't let it become a destructive part of your life and a destructive point in your life and and don't let go of the people that you love. Don't let it take you away from the people that you love. Don't forget that it is work. And work and play, but it, it's left at the studio and and it stays at the studio. Unless you hook up with a scene partner and you end up, you know, being happily ever after with each other and performing at the same time. But I'm sure there are a lot of people who are not fortunate enough to find the right person to love them for who they are and find out that they do porn and support them. I just hope that people who who do find love will find someone that supports them no matter what.
2: Now, I don't have a Rolodex of who you've dated, so I kind of want to ask, to pick your brain a bit, which do you think is easier? To date someone that's also in the industry or to date someone who isn't involved with the industry at all?
1: I think that it would be easier to kind of date someone who's in the industry, but I think there's a certain part of me that says and feels, rather have someone in my life. That's, that's not because, you know, you're, you're basically, if you're both working in the industry, you kind of know everything about each other and you leave things out for the element of surprise, you know? Because being in the porn industry really, um, you end up knowing everything about the other per. you end up knowing about the other person one, in the, one way or another through someone else in the industry and you may not want to know what you're going to find out. At least if you're with someone that's not in the porn industry, they'll just have like a quizzical look in their eye about it but an understanding look in their eye and... I so said, if they love you and they understand what you're doing, then uh, they'll give you a respectful distance because you got to also give your work uh, a certain level of distance from your love, your life, and and kind of keep a respect between the two. And key, and if you keep a respect between the two, you should have a greater, more loving, more respectful relationship within the person that you're with. I just think that if you're gonna date someone who's in the industry, I think we're just kind of going along the road of, we're probably just gonna be banging anyone anyways, so let's just be together and bang anyone anyways, you know, one way or another. But I mean, to each his own. Someone might find it more more comfortable, more loving, and more exciting for them to date someone in the industry. But is there much true promise in it? Is one may never know. I like that answer.
2: In your personal life, what's your sexual role?
1: It's, 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 it's you know, I I tend to be more of like the romantic more type, a more romantic type. And, you know, I'm all about ambience. I'm all about You know, waking up in the morning, I'm cooking for you, and I'm cooking for you generally, pretty much all throughout the day. That's I love cooking. So, and as long as you love eating, then there'll definitely be there'll be plenty of food for you to eat. But um, and then I do have a side of me where it's like, you know, you know, there's adventurous, there's a bit of adventure mixed in there, and, and um, yeah, I tend to be one that that's I mean, I don't, I'm not saying I'm more caring in the person, but I, my me personally, I'm caring, loving, romantic, um, generous, and outgoing. Kind of basically a good partner. I mean, no one's perfect. And I've never been not an angel. I'm not an angel, but I've made my mistakes in the past. But as I'm getting older, you know, I've learned that you know, it's time to to live on par with with who you are. Uh, you're, you know, you're, I'm almost 30 years old basically next year so you know who am I kidding acting like a kid you know who am I kidding being reckless who am I kidding kidding around when it's time to like really be a, be a man be a loving man be a caring man be an respectful man and um, and if porn just ends up becoming just a part of the past then I'll just keep it there as a part of the past and it sticks with me for a little bit longer um I'll just be another level a more level headed and and uh you know loving guy in the industry as I was before, and as I will see myself being in the future if i if I continue to be involved mm-hmm. I'm generally a loving guy a lot of people have always said like they never expected they always had like this idea because I like, got a leo and like you know I'm more outgoing, but I'm generally really shy. I'm not up to going up to anyone it's like it' have to be something very special for that to happen. People that I meet in my life, I'm very, it's always been like a tap on the shoulder, like, you know, are you by yourself? You know, are you okay? You know, can I invite you to a drink? Or, you know, nice to meet you. My name is such and such. Um, you know, I try to, like, be a little social butterfly, but I tend to, like, be a homey person. I'm not at the gym or at home. I'm cooking. Um, but I do enjoy going out. I do, I do enjoy being in that ambiance. And, uh, but I'm not like some of my friends think of me as like I am, you know, like they joke about it. Like, you know, you're, you're just the biggest, like you're a, you're a, how do you say, you're a, you're a professional, like, not whore in a bad way, but, in, you know, like in a good way, like you're, you know, you're out and about type thing, but I'm not, you know, I'm not out and about, I'm not, I'm, I, I yeah, I went to a phase where I was waking up in hotel rooms and, and waking up in places you know where I should have been just waking up at home, but I never did anything that I ended up regretting, and I never did anything that put me in a position to, you know, really kick myself in the ass and say, well, what the what the fuck are you doing, you know, type of situation. I always did everything that I any every any anything that I ever did, I always did it with um, no matter how many drinks I had or what it was I was doing, I always had my head there. You know, I never let go of myself.
2: In your scenes, we've seen you be verse. I mean, pretty much I would say you're a verse performer. I think you top equally as much as you bottom in the scenes that you've done. Is that how you are in your personal life? Or are you more of a top, more of a bottom?
1: It's a flip. It's a a flip. I mean, I I come across with people where they just prefer to... To be um, submissive and, and I mean I think we're all you know dominant and submissive at some point in our lives uh, or we venture off into the other to see what it feels like you know um, but I tend to like be pretty much in both worlds um, yeah I'm pretty much in both worlds
2: okay what's your favorite sexual position and if it's different as a top and as a bottom let uh, the listeners know.
1: As a top, for me, as a top, I, you know, for me, it, uh, dog style was it would be the prime finishing movement for me. That just the energy flows freely more for me that way. Um, and bottoming wise, it's I prefer um, mish mish or dog. It's really, it, you know, really just depends. On, you know, whether or not like the person you're with, you just really want to have a high contact with, or if you just just want to give yourself to the person. So, you know, it it, it it can vary. Okay.
2: We've seen you play around with fetishes and scenes. Do you get into any kinds of fetishes in your personal life?
1: Uh, yeah. Due to kink, I have tried to involve. It, in in my life, um, but a lot of people tend to be drawn back on it, and then I've come across some people that they're already for it, you know, and then and, and I sometimes still are taken aback because um, generally I'm not like that, you know, uh, dom. I'm not that much of a dom in my personal life, like um, you know, so like some people love to just be thrown up against the wall or you know, chokes and stuff like that. So I came across some people where that was their comfort, that was their they were their thing and I had to warm up to it. So, um but do I is it a consistent flavor that I that I do? No no it's not. It's uh, be rarely done. I've I've gone to like fetish parties just to see how it's really done outside of the porn industry and I think it's done differently very differently but um i think in personal life it's more free-flowing done with a taste of like art but i kind of can't tell where how porn does it where whether it's just appealing to the eye or artistically done or it's kind of a little different or free-flowing because not definitely not necessarily so much free-flowing but i find it more interesting watching it out of the porn industry and seeing like a step back and watching it being done, and it's different. And it's, I think it's has I find it more exciting, more exhilarating to see it in person, um, in real life rather than being a part of it in porn.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Let's go back in time, and I want to ask you about your first time. How and when did you lose your virginity?
1: Mine was. I I was a top long before I was a bottom. Long before I was a bottom. Um, but in, like I said, when I when before that, I was probably just coming into my team when when I was was involved in something and and it was at camp and it it was more than one. It was actually almost a handful and I think that's when my parents found out about it because one of them kind of like felt bad about what they did and they went and they told a the counselor and like,
0: oh, mm-hmm. was this like an,
1: like an orgy or a gangbang? Yeah, it was like a like an orgy. It was just like, tandem. it just happened randomly and kind of like spontaneously just kept going like the ball just kept rolling. And I'm minding my own business. I'm in the actual pool. This is camp, and I'm in the pool. And all of a sudden, the counselor comes up to me. Can you come here? We have to talk to you for a second. You dry off. As soon as I go in the room, I see everybody in the room, and I just didn't know what to say. And you kind of, you know, you're born with with. We're all born, you know, who we're all born away, you know, and. If you can feel who you are in the beginning, I think that makes it um, more later on in life to understand, like, you know what, yeah, you're right, you know. I did do this and I did do that, but why was it that it was so early? Why was it so early? It was because naturally, we, you know, we're born a certain way. And those traits may come out early or they may seep out later on in life, but for me, it was ahead of time for me, way ahead of time. Wow, so
2: that was your first time topping,
1: correct? Yeah.
2: Okay, so tell us about your first time bottoming.
1: Bottoming was, I was just about to turn, uh, that was later on, I was, I was, for me, was 24. Yeah, I was about 24. Yeah, so it was done later on. I would say maybe twenty. I would say about twenty-five. Yeah, twenty-five. But um, you know, I had like little partners I was play. You know, play with, growing up, and keep playing with them later on. And it was more that they wanted me to, you know, do the deed rather than they, you know, them want them mind to be the aggressive, the more aggressive role. They want me to be the more aggressive. So I just, you know, kind of stuck with it and kept going with it, and then when I found uh, a certain individual who, who I, you know, I was having a good connection with, and it just kind of went from there.
2: Tell me something quirky about yourself that most people don't know. Something unique. Something
1: hmm. unexpected. Hmm. Quirky. Um. Let me think about that. Let me think about that. Um poor quirky, quirky. I, okay, when I get, when I get, when I'm getting dressed, I cannot get dressed without at least putting my socks on first. Okay. For some reason, I will not put on a pair of pants or I will not put on a pair of socks without, I mean, a pair of um, underwears without putting on a pair of socks for some reason. I do not, I prefer rather not to put my socks on after I already put my pants on. I just don't know why. I just think that it's just a more, flows freely much more better for me than anything else. Um, I would say another one on top of that one is that I do not leave the house without my hair having something in it, product wise.
0: Okay.
1: I don't really yeah, I always have something on my hair and everybody always say yeah I'm always too done up. But I mean quirky wise for me it's like I'm always looking I'll have my outfit ready but I'll go crazy searching for the right sock before I even put anything on.
2: That's interesting. It's definitely a quirk. Describe yourself in 10 words or less.
1: I I am caring, loving, giving, um extremely sympathetic I like if I see somebody crying, I'm 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 tear for no reason. I don't know why, but it's just since the radar is like that. Um, <clears throat> I'm very, very, very um, generous. I do give a lot, a lot, and I don't and I, and I don't and I and I don't do it for any credit whatsoever. Whatsoever. I just do it to do it. Um, you said ten or less. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and I'm very loyal to to not just to my partner or who I'm with, but my friends. I'm very loyal, uh, and I think a lot of my friends just take that kind of you know they don't they don't grab they don't see it, and then when they do need help, and I do kind of step in intention forcefully. And they're like, I, I never knew you were like that kind of person. I tend to surprise a lot of people that have known me for so long by some of the things that that I say and do for them. And um, I'm extremely thoughtful. And you know, when things are coming coming up, I'm I'm always thinking, how do I? You know, if you're coming back from a trip, we should do something, you know, big and uh, welcome home sign or, you know. Make it. Everything should. I think in life, everything should feel special. Whether, whether or not you're going to the supermarket, make it special. Whether you're going to the mall, make it special. Or if you're coming back from a long trip, make it special. So I mean, like those pretty much sum up uh, who I am in general.
2: Marcus Rule sounds like a pretty good ass friend. Mhm. Yeah, man. Okay, so now I want to allow the fans and your supporters to get to know some of your favorites so this is a list of five pop culture type of questions and the first one is what are five of your most favorite television shows now this can be a list of your five favorite all-time shows or it could be your five favorite current shows
1: okay okay i'll give you from the beginning to basically now um I started loving watching Smallville, when uh, when the WB was, you know, WB-11 or whatever, something like that. And um, then it was Smallville, was another show. I mean, sorry, not Smallville, um, Roswell. Then getting on to uh, Dark Angel, Jessica Alba. And then one of the recent uh, Breaking Bad, fell in love with that, Game of Thrones.
2: Good choices. Very good choices. Yeah. Next, who are four of your all-time favorite music artists?
1: David... Oh, no. Uh, wait, hold on. Um, I like David Bowie. Who else? Uh, David Bowie. Um, I like classic music also, and I also like... Um, uh, what's his name? What's his name? Um, Andrea Pocelli. I'm a big fan of, of his work. And then you have, like, John Legend. You know, real recent. John Legend and um, Usher. And who else? Uh, That's it? That's four. Duncan. Oh, four, okay. Yeah, go ahead.
2: Next up, what are three... Of your most favorite films?
1: Ooh, the first one, The Labyrinth with David Bowie.
2: Oh my gosh, I yep. love Labyrinth.
1: Yep, that is a, I, I, I love that movie with my life. Love it, love it, love it. Same here, um, classic. Yep, big classic. And then I have Lost Boys. Very cool. Then yep. And uh one more um I have to say the Goonies. I'll go with the classics as far as Goonies.
2: Okay. Another good choice. It's been a long ass time since I've seen the Goonies. I should I should watch it one of these days. Mm Mm-hmm. What are two foods you can't live without?
1: Greek food. I'm um, involved with a lot of Greek people right now. Friends and stuff. Greek. A so lot in love with it. And Latin food.
2: Okay. Greek and Latin
1: food.
2: Opa! Yep. And ole! Yep. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. And uh, we're going to wrap up this set of questions up with uh, what is one of your guilty pleasures?
1: My guilty pleasures is that I mean, I try my best to be a good, healthy eater, but I can be kind of just like really awkward and just go through like a whole thing of Oreo cookies, and I'll just eat one after the other, one after the other, one after the other. And if you look at me doing it, you think that I was like a starving child from another country. I like I never ate anything, <laughs> and I and I'll just go through a whole thing, and I'll have like a half a gallon of milk, but I really I don't really drink dairy. So the only time I touch dairy is. Uh, when 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 uh when I'm going to go through a whole thing of Oreo, I just binge right through.
2: Like in one sitting. Uh, in a family pack.
1: Yeah, and I go through the family pack. Not just a, uh, yeah. And I can even, if I want to, so I can be stupid and just get start eating some of another one. But, yeah, Oreo is a, one of my faves mm-hmm. as far as guilty pleasure goes.
2: Well, you are a growing boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. So as we start wrapping the interview up, I got to ask you about something that, uh, you know, we've sort of uh, lightly touched upon throughout this entire interview, and that is your retirement. You have not worked. You have not done any scenes in a couple of months, and uh, you sort of stopped working in adult scenes with the intent of I guess retiring leaving the industry but I know that you've mentioned to me um, I guess we'll call it behind the scenes that you have been approached from studios that really want to work with you and whatnot and you're considering coming back but as of right now you are in retirement mode so can you tell the listeners why you decided to retire and what would convince you to potentially come back to doing scenes
1: I decided to retire from the porn industry um, for the For the most would have to be that it was kind of tearing apart some of the friendships that I had going on because I was doing a lot of lying as to what I was doing. And then when I did kind of admit to doing it, it kind of like caused like a flood of problems and it kind of put me like in like almost like a depression at one point because it, some of the friends of mine that I considered to be like the you know, I, I would die, I'd take a bullet for that particular person or not, and that and other person kinda of like shut me out completely. And I didn't I tried not to let it eat me up, but it ended up did eating me up and then um came then came the a, a, a business opportunity that came up and I'm like the two two of those things happen at the same time and if I wanted to really give my all to the other one, I have to kind of let go of the other one. So I said, you know what? I think I can easily set aside porn. And if I should decide to come back to it, I should be able to do it um, after semi completing some of the stuff I'm doing with the business venture that I have right now. And uh, But when I did announce that I was no longer going to be doing anything... It was like, I was getting emails more than ever. Like, are you serious? Are you serious? Well, can you kind of fit something in this week? Can you, cause we were thinking about doing it for like, you know, the month ahead. And I was usually going to be traveling for two months straight had I said, yeah. But I ended up saying no. And a lot of the I mean, all the people that I worked for those production companies kind of looked at it and said, you know what, I respect that. I have, I have a, lot of, there's a lot of honor in you, you know, you. you you're a lot of most people would have not have said no absolutely would have but for the for the amount of money that uh, I you know I would have made in two months alone I I was like saying no to it without like hesitation and I didn't and I was and I had no hesitation whatsoever in saying thank you but no thank you and I have been you know questioning when it, I there's going to be a time is right when I think of Saying, do I come back or do I not come back and when? I kind of been like using this time to like redefine myself. Um, I've been spending a lot more time in the gym and I've been really, really, really mending a lot of uh, relationships that I were were missing out on because of all the non stop traveling that I was doing. And uh, it kind of opened up my eyes a little bit more, letting go a little bit. I, you know, it, it wasn't for the worse, it was definitely for the better. And I have a lot of friends of mine that see me on a daily basis. Like, tonight, I'll get, are you sure you're going to quit? Are you sure you're going to quit? Are you really going to quit? Are you really going to quit? And I'm like, you know, just sit back and relax, and there's still stuff going to be coming out that I filmed. And if and when I do come out, I'm sure everybody will know one way or another.
2: Sounds good. I like that answer. So for right now, for all intents and purposes, you are retired from the industry.
1: Yeah.
2: Okay, cool. And hopefully, yeah. if you do return, maybe you'll drop us a line and we can uh, help in announcing that you're returning.
1: I would definitely, I would definitely, definitely let you know. I, with anything, it'd have to be the first to know. So, you know, because for me, it's all like if, for me, just to let everyone know that I, I'm back in it. I have this email already saved, like as a draft, and it has literally every studio already saved in there. And all it says is, I'm available. Um, we'll test, you know, whenever you want me to. Basically saying, I'm back in, the game's on. And all I have to do is send, just like, the just press send, and every studio will know. Um, and At the same time that I'm doing that, I will definitely let you know.
2: Sounds like a plan. So, listeners, you heard that here first. So, what's next for Marcus Rule? What's on the horizon? I, I know that uh, as of right now, there won't be any new scenes that you're filming, but there's a whole bunch of stuff that hasn't come out. So, can you give Correct. listeners a, like maybe a tease of what they should expect, what studios, what websites they should be looking for the stuff to come out on?
1: Um, A lot of... Well, since Hot House has been bought by an, um Raging Stallion, so <clears throat> I don't know how that content is going to be released. I don't know because um, some studios kind of release things with like a set name, and sometimes it, you, you kind of can't tell where is it coming from. Because um, like Raging Stallion is notorious for having like the small print of like saying Raging Raging Stallion on the bottom, and a lot of people kind of don't get it, don't see that. I have friends of mine that was showing me a poster from Strip that I'm holding up a chair. And I'm like, what studio is this? And I'm like, it's right there on the bottom corner. So um there is some cake coming out. There is some like the small studios like Hot House. Uh, not raging. Um no not men, but I think there should be it should be like a couple more Titan. This I always just like to keep people Surprise, rather than you know expecting because if i say if, I'm, if i say yeah it's going to be this studio or whatever that studio can may, may not even release it until february of next year you know i've already been given a heads up that that um one of those one of the scenes that i'm doing i mean it's not even it was supposed to come out last year and i'm still saying when is what is that did that ever go through or was there something wrong with it and I was like no it's going to come out this year Meanwhile, I did it last year before my birthday, which was last July.
2: Oh, wow, that's funny. So it's a big leap. Absolutely, man. Wow. That's crazy. So, listeners, just stay tuned. Just because he isn't filming anything new, as of right now, doesn't mean that there weren't uh, some more goodies coming out. Now... For those out there that have been living under a rock and don't know, can you please fill your fans in on how they can reach you? Where can they find you on the web, social media, social networking, that kind of stuff?
1: You can find Marcus Rule at pretty much your only available route, which is like the Twitter. I have a lot of fan pages. So a lot of people actually run into fan pages and they assume it's me and like direct, mes- direct messaging me, but they're not. So, you know, they the, the, the Marcus Rule... Uh, underscore triple x and that's my official account and it has like about 70,000 followers basically like 66 or 65,000 followers that's the one that is mine Um, I pretty much do all my stuff through there because my personal life I I have only a Facebook account in my personal life and I keep work out of it Uh, and Twitter basically is is where anybody can follow me a request uh, send me a message say hi whatever and um twitter is where you where i'm at basically i'm on twitter every day i'm always posting up pictures and yeah if find marcus rule on twitter yeah
2: sounds good well marcus this does bring us to the end of our interview your first ever radio interview and uh, I believe you, you were mentioning uh, this is the first one that's ever been as in depth so I gotta ask as a last question is there anything that you would like to say to your fans and supporters out there
1: I would like to say to all of my fans and the supporters of all of my work that thank you for supporting and continue to be supporting and showing your love and I run into all you guys when I'm out whether whether it's in San Francisco or in the streets or whether it's in New York or in the streets, I even ran into fans in Colombia. So and it's like, <clears throat> you know, I used you. I can't believe you're here, type of scenario. And uh, I mean, I don't. I, I I'm a very humble person, and I, I kind of tell fans that don't be afraid to approach me. If you see me, approach me, say hi. Don't feel intimidated, and you know, I can't. I I can't. Um, I mean the supporters are, are what would keep me going and keep you know my work flowing and I give again, I give you all the biggest love and the biggest hug that I guess I can ever give. It may not be in person, but I give it to you from my heart. Aw.
2: I like that answer. That was very nice, man. Thank you you're welcome well well, I certainly want to thank you so much for the interview you know it was a long time coming a year in the making but I'm, I'm a big believer in everything is supposed to happen when it's supposed to so we were supposed to have this interview now and it turned out really well man like I really appreciate your honesty I really appreciate the candor and I really think that uh, anyone that's tuned in that uh, knows your work certainly got a chance to get to know a different side to Marcus Rule
1: Indeed, indeed.
2: Absolutely. So once again, Marcus, I want to thank you so much for the interview and listeners. I also want to thank you for tuning into One on One with Poppy Chulo. Tune in for brand new episodes of One on One with Poppy Chulo every Sunday at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. Download this episode and many more by visiting poppychuloradio.com forward slash archives. Registered users will gain access to the Poppy Chulo Radio archives of previously aired broadcasts. If you have any questions, suggestions, comments or concerns, you can email us at contact at poppychuloradio.com Follow us on Twitter by going to twitter.com forward slash poppy Chulo radio and of course like us on Facebook by going to Facebook.com forward slash poppy Chulo radio. With that, Marcus Rule and I would like to wish you and yours a wonderful night. Good night, listeners.
1: Goodbye, guys, and, and again, thanks for showing all your support and love and, and I hope to to sooner or later provide you with more more work and and, and uh more more content for later on.